Hello and welcome back to another episode of the It's a Crime O'Clock Somewhere podcast. This is episode 36. Today I will be talking about the murder of Craig Calloway, a case that took place in Canada. My sources for today's episode are Crime Beat, Season 2, Episode 7, titled Two Doors Down, The Tragic Case of Mr. Calloway, crimesbyholly.medium.com, atlantic.ctvnews.ca, cba.ca, globalnews.ca, and the Calgary Herald. As usual, all of my sources will be linked in today's show notes. Two neighbors, a teacher and an engineer, meet for a casual evening of food and fun. Little did they know the dark and unexpected turn the night would take. Look like uh, just a couple of guys having a good time. Is there any serious bleeding? Yeah. There was no indication that this was going to be the end. He had my throat with my shirt twisted up. Right away you could see that there was a large amount of blood. That's pure rage for a person to do that to another human being. Craig Calloway was a 31-year-old teacher originally from Glace Bay, Nova Scotia. Craig's mom, Monica, said that Craig was always moving when he was little. He enjoyed skating and hockey, and after university, he found his true calling, which was teaching. He worked as a substitute for a while, but then announced that he was moving to Calgary for a new teaching job. His parents were shocked, but were happy for him. Once Craig moved, he started teaching at David Thompson Middle School. Craig was very involved with his students. He was their role model. He would tutor on the weekends and organize floor hockey games for the students. He was trustworthy. He was kind. And it was, it was kind of like another father figure to me because, you know, the countless advice and hours he put into us as students and there are, there are testimonies and countless hours I can only imagine that other students had with him and interacted and they, we wouldn't trade it for the world because it made us who we are, who we are today. Craig was already a father figure to some of his students, but in December 2012, Craig had a son named Blake. Although his relationship with Blake's mom didn't last, he fell in love with being a dad. By 2013, Craig began a new relationship and was building a house in a new neighborhood. Monica said that Craig called her several times a day and constantly kept them updated with the progress on the house. On May 4th, a Saturday, Craig met his new neighbors, Nicholas Raspberry and his wife. Craig invited them over for a barbecue and drinks. They agreed. Monica said the last thing she said to Craig was that she loved him. Craig said he'd call her later, but he didn't, and she just believed that Craig didn't call because he had company over. Early the next morning, officers arrived at Craig's parents' home. Harvey, Craig's dad, told Monica to stay in bed. I better get up. Monica said she went into her dining room. Police were there. So was her cousin. And I said, what's going on? She said, it's Craig. He's gone. I said, no, he's not gone. She said, Monica, he's gone. The pain in Monica's voice and in her eyes just broke my heart. The police told them that their son was dead. 25-year-old Nicholas Raspberry, Craig's new friend, had called 911. For what city? Hello? Hey, did the ambulance right now? Okay, are you calling from Calgary? Yes. What the caller said next shocked police. There's a guy stabbed multiple times by me. Oh my God. When the police arrived, Nicholas was sitting at the kitchen counter. Craig was found gasping for breath on the living room floor. He passed away on the way to the hospital. 
Nicholas was taken into custody and charged into charged two days later with second-degree murder. However, during Nicholas's interrogation, he told the police that he killed Craig in self-defense. The scene told a different story. There was a large amount of blood in the living room. Craig had several defensive wounds on his arms and hands. On one hand, his thumb was almost decapitated. While the police searched the home, they discovered that three knives had been used. A four to six inch blade was found in Craig's back. Another blade was found near Craig's body. The last knife was found on the kitchen counter and had been bent to an almost 45 degree angle. A chunk of the knife was found in Craig. Craig had been stabbed a total of 37 times. His autopsy proved how brutal of a killing this really was. Craig had two wounds to his jugular and theoretic aorta, which runs through the chest. He had several injuries to his lungs and diaphragm, which would have made breathing difficult. One of the wounds had been inflicted after Craig's heart stopped pumping blood. The police still wanted to hear what Nicholas had to say, so they could determine if it was self-defense or not. Nicholas said that the night had been fun. They started the night at Craig's, watched hockey, and had drinks. Then they moved to Nicholas's home. They even took a photo together, but less than an hour after the photo was taken, Nicholas called 911. Nicholas said he had a sobering moment and tried to end the night. So I was just home doing stuff, like around the house, and I was up on the deck, and um, so we had neighbors, like, two doors down, they were in their backyard. Raspberry told the detective about the barbecue at Craig Kellaway's home, and how later that night, they moved the party to his house. The girlfriend once again took the dog and said she was going home, so it was the three of us, my wife, there as well, and then... Um, my wife went up to bed and we continued, we, we stayed downstairs and um, and then at some point I just felt like the night was drawing to a close and I'm not sure if I said I was going to go to bed or if I said I had to take the dogs out to pee but I kind of remember just kind of making it clear that like the night was kind of over. Raspberry said that's when the mood changed. I was drunk, having fun, and then all of a sudden I was sober, and he had me by the throat with my shirt twisted up and up against my counter and trying to, like, had had his one hand, like, always by my face, threatening to punch me and telling me to stop moving and to, and to, like, let him have sex with me. And he was like, I'm going to, if you don't, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And, you know, I was, at that point, I was, like, I was surprised. I'm not a small guy, but he was manhandling me. And uh, I was ready to just start swinging. And then he was, started, said, your wife's upstairs, she's next. Raspberry told the detective that's when he grabbed a knife. I remember the moment of stabbing, and I remember being like, at this point, like, there's no turning back, like, if if he if but he doesn't go to the ground he's gonna he's gonna kill you know kill me and maybe my wife. I think at one point either the knife fell or it broke or something. And I remember I think I grabbed another one and was pushing him away and we we made our way into the into like our our kitchen is connected to our living room. We made our way to the living room. Okay. He fell and it was like it was over. He fell. I was done. All I remember is putting the knife back on the counter, grabbing my phone, and calling nine one one and. No, no, there was no evidence at all of, that a sexual assault had occurred. There was no evidence in the autopsy that there was a sexual assault. Uh, Mr. Callaway or Mr. Raspberry himself uh, said that there was, it was just the threat. 
As you can hear, the police don't really believe Nicholas's story. He said he reacted when he thought Craig was trying to have sex with him. He said he tried to scream for his wife, who had gone to bed. He said this might sound horrible, but, quote, better him than me or my wife, end quote. To Detective Russ Williamson, it didn't look like self-defense. Nicholas had no defensive wounds on his body. Most of the wounds on Craig had been to his back. Detective Trish Allen told Nicholas that she believed he was lying or leaving something out. She said maybe he, as a Nicholas, wanted to have sex with Craig. There was no proof of any kind that Craig had threatened to rape Nicholas. Craig's injuries proved he was no longer a threat. Nicholas spent 13 months in custody while awaiting trial. He was granted bail until his trial began in October 2015. The trial lasted a month at the Calgary Court Center. Nicholas was found guilty of the lesser charge of manslaughter. He was sentenced to seven years in prison with one and a half years of time already served. Craig's family, who was watching for the, the trial from afar, was devastated. Manslaughter, but he stabbed him 37 times with three knives? That's murder. That's not manslaughter. It's unreal. I'm sorry, but that man, he, he, just, he just took her life away. Nicholas Raspberry doesn't seem like a man who has much remorse, if any. He is seen strutting on the street and smirking. In June 2020, he was granted day parole. Detective Russ Williamson said he still doesn't believe Nicholas's story. Was it one of those cases that just, like, will always bug you? For oh, me? for sure it will. Yeah, it, it absolutely will. Just knowing that piece as to, to what had happened within those last few moments of those individuals from the time that that picture was taken and 20 minutes later when Mr. Callaway was dead. What turned from two guys hanging out, looking like they're having fun and they're drinking buddies, to one of them ending up dead with 37 stab wounds, 32 being in the back. This is definitely one that still a lot of investigators um, still shake their head at and what the heck happened. This case is heartbreaking. You can just see the pain in Monica's eyes. If this case had taken place in the U.S., Nicholas would be just be in prison for life. We have prisoners who are in for life for a drug charge, and this guy gets off for stabbing someone 37 damn times. It's so clear that this was not self-defense. There are many people out there that believe maybe Nicholas came onto Craig and snapped when he realized what was happening. Whatever happened that night, it's so clear that Nicholas was the aggressor, not Craig. Nicholas is out there, a partially free man, while Craig will never see his son grow up. Now for a lighter note, my book recommendation for this week is What She Knew by Miranda Ricks. Summary, nine years ago, Stephanie's best friend vanished. Now she's back to haunt her. Life has been good to Stephanie, married to college to college professor Oliver with two adorable children. She lives in a lovely house surrounded by beautiful things. It hasn't always been like this. Nine years ago, Stephanie's flatmate, Allison, vanished, presumed murdered. It was a horrible, uh, horrible time, and Stephanie tries hard to not think about it. But when a TV researcher working on a true crime series wants to interview her about the case, Stephanie is forced to confront the past and recognize that she has a deep need to answer one burning question, what happened to Allison? It soon becomes clear that someone doesn't want her digging for the truth and is willing to do anything to conceal a shocking web of lies. As her perfect life unravels, Stephanie realizes that by opening a door into the past, she has woken a sleeping monster, and now it's her own life that is on the line. The story is told from the perspective of Stephanie. Stephanie is approached to open up the door to her past and discuss her former roommate, Allison. 
She discovers things that she might have never known while also realizing that someone might not want her to look into the past. Secrets are revealed and it has a nice reveal at the end and I finished it in just a few days. I give it a 7 out of 10. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I will be starting my Patreon back up and currently deciding if I should cover random cases on it or if I should cover episodes from a TV show like I do on my blog. I will probably have a post up like once every month right now with work. It's kind of hard to do a blog, a podcast episode, and a Patreon. But please let me know what you think. Please subscribe to my blog. Follow me on Instagram. And you can find everything in the show notes. Please rate and review. And I'll be back next week with an all-new case and book recommendation. And remember, it's Crime O'Clock Somewhere.